Frost and welcome to All About Apprenticeships, brought to you by the HomeServe Foundation. Now, this is the podcast that tells you everything you need to know about the world of apprenticeships, whether you're an apprentice yourself, an employer, or you work in further education. Now, coming up in this episode, the budget is just around the corner and the Chancellor has some tough choices to make in the face of a big coronavirus bill. Does he seek to balance the books or does he invest in the future? What might Rishi Sunak have in store for apprentices and could there be any more support for employers? How will the new roadmap out of the current lockdown impact on apprenticeships too? Well, to discuss this is Laura Burley, Apprenticeship Ambassador at The Open University, and Tim Smith from Multiverse. So welcome to you both. Tim, I'm going to start with you if that's okay. You've worked as an advisor to number 10. Uh, just tell us, how tough a budget is this? Everybody's struggling. Everyone will feel entitled to more help. We do have a roadmap out of the current lockdown, but we're far from over from this. What are you... What are you expecting the decisions to be? Well, thanks for that introduction, Georgie. I mean, the truth is that there is no such thing as an easy budget because when times are difficult, um, expectations might be low, but you're having to deal with an economic crisis. And and that's sort of how we find ourselves now. Um, But equally, when times are good uh, and there's plenty of money flowing into the Treasury's coffers, expectations skyrocket for what the government's going to be able to do. Um, And I think nobody envies the decisions Rishi Sunak's going to have to take this week and in the run up to the 3rd of March, because not only are we in kind of dire economic straits um, with skyrocketing skyrocketing unemployment, a deficit which is growing rather than shrinking, um, uh, and not that much economic activity going on in the real economy. Um, But at the same time, expectations have been raised by the roadmap set up by the Prime Minister yesterday. Um, There are a large group of Tory MPs who are expecting to see the next six months look an awful lot better than the last six months, um, with real opportunities to kind of turbocharge growth um, and expectations of a swift recovery. And I think that's going to be a very difficult challenge to to, to step up to um, in, in, out of this budget alone. Difficult challenge, absolutely. Um, Laura, we'll get to the roadmap in a few short moments, but you know, as we've both outlined there, Chancellor facing some really tough choices. What do you think we are likely to get from the Chancellor? Not so much of what you hope to get, but also in the context of, of the information that we heard from the Prime Minister, this lockdown, this roadmap had a lockdown. It's a, it's a very difficult question because I'm not sure... The Chancellor's in a position to do that much more at the moment. So I, my hunch is there'll be a bit more of a continuation of the thinking around the plan for jobs. And now that we have this roadmap out of lockdown, more extending schemes. So you might see um, the extension of the furlough scheme, for example, especially now that unemployment rates have been published. They're now at five, just over 5% at 5.1%. Um, You might see, specifically for apprenticeships, the incentives that employers can claim for taking on new apprentices. So at the moment, businesses can claim £2,000 for a a young apprentice up to age 24 or £1,500 if you're 25 and above. That's due to end on the 31st of March. So you might see the Chancellor extend that into the summer. I think the main aim is to keep people in jobs and keep things ticking over until the various sectors um, open. And then as part of an upskilling and reskilling package, so this complements apprenticeships, we may see some more announcements around lifelong learning um, and ability for people to reskill. And that should then complement the work that the Treasury and the Department for Education have done on apprenticeships over recent years. I agree with Laura in terms of what we can expect to see. I think from the perspective of someone like uh, Rishi Sunak or Boris Johnson, they'll go, um, 
we set out this plan for jobs. We did it last summer. Um, and if we're seen to be tearing it up at every opportunity and taking new directions, um, then ultimately it's going to undermine our message that we are on your side and we are trying to do the right thing um, by the people who've been worst affected by this economic crisis. So um, I think my counsel, and I think probably what they're going to end up doing anyway, um, is uh, particularly around this budget, a kind of incremental uh, increase or um, uh, support for the measures already in the plan for jobs. So um, exactly as as Laura as, as says, the kind of extending furlough to match the timescales of the of the roadmap. Um, I think employer incentives would be quite important. Um, I think if they, if they really took a step back, they would look at what the impacts, what have the impacts been of the plan for jobs so far and you know, if we if we look at the kind of the kind of three big schemes are around setting up Kickstarter, turbocharging traineeships, um, and more support for apprenticeships. We've got apprenticeships delivering around a half million places each year. Um, uh, traineeships in the kind of tens of thousands, um, and Kickstarter, which is currently I think created as a grand total of below 2,000 jobs. Um, so I think um, in, in the kind of tweaks that they'll be looking at, they'll be looking to um, uh, provide some additional boost to Kickstarter and then um, look at ways to uh, try and keep apprenticeships um, uh, delivering at that scale. Um, and I think employer incentives are a kind of a very sensible next step to go to look at. Um, I think for the kind of longer term future for, uh, for upskilling and, and, and apprenticeships in particular, I think we maybe, um, I don't think we're going to see that many of those decisions taken um, in, in mm. the next week or so. Laura, Rishi Sunak, Gavin Williamson, the Secretary of State for Education and the Minister for Apprenticeships and Skills, Gillian Keegan, they were all very vocal, very visible during the recent National Apprenticeship Week. I'm wondering if you think that this tells us something about where the government is now placing apprenticeships in its plan for recovery in the short and the long term. Yeah, so um, in February's National Apprenticeship Week, you saw Boris Johnson say that apprenticeships unlock opportunities and the minister Gillian Keegan say that they play a key part in the government's plan for jobs and I think that already reaffirms the messages that um, we as providers and um, employers and apprentices were hearing. Um, I'm not sure that's going to translate into anything new for the spring budget. It reinforces the importance of apprenticeships and I think for those employers that are thinking should I take an apprentice on I think that vote of confidence that we're hearing from all sides of government and indeed um, opposition in terms of the concepts of apprenticeships um, is quite um, helpful to hear that reinforcement. I think where the big the bigger milestone for me actually is looking forward to the spending review. So that's later in the year when the mm-hmm. Chancellor um, kind of has that allocation of, of departmental resources for the next three years. And I think that's the opportunity where the government will take stock you know, we're at, hopefully we'll be out of lockdown by then. We're reassessing everything. Are apprenticeships working? Are enough young people doing them? And maybe that's when we might see a bit more of um, us being able to be bolder to say, maybe we could put your money where your mouth is to for your phrase or or, or think differently um, about it. But for now, I think it's kind of stead- steady ship, status quo, and just keep ensuring that we are recruiting apprentices because they're so it's their life transforming and they're connected to those sectors that we need the skills for. That's not a lot of time though, is it? If you're talking about spending review to take stock to see whether this spending is working on apprenticeships. This is a, this is a long-term plan, surely. 
I agree. Um, uh, the, the truth is, though, that we've now had, um, you know, the best part of three years since the apprenticeship levy has been up running and operational. Um, so I think from the government's perspective, they're in quite a good place to be able to review um, how money is flowing around the system um, uh, and where the next steps can be. Um, and I think there have been kind of hints and, um, uh, you know, indeed announcements um, about about where the future of apprenticeships might be. Um, uh, you know, and, and Laura is absolutely right that, um, you know, one of the big things is that the the kind of volume of noise, having having the Prime Minister come out during National Apprenticeship Week and, you know, fully support um, uh, the, the kind of life-changing work that they can, they can deliver um, is an important part of that awareness. But there will be policies flowing down the line, you know, flowing down the line as well. Um, uh, one of the things that's been talked about quite quite a bit, and I think we should expect to see more of, um, certainly towards the spending review, is around levy transfer. So this is where large companies um, who do not spend the total amount of apprenticeship levy that is taken off them um, are then able to transfer that money to uh, either small small companies who do not pay the apprenticeship levy, um, or smaller companies who have. Uh, already paid all of their apprenticeship levy on apprenticeships. Um, and what this means is that some of the unspent money on apprenticeships can then be used to create more opportunities. Um, currently, uh, firms are capped at transferring 25% of their of their funding to other um, uh, to other companies to pay for apprenticeships. And um, the government, I think, is both looking at ways to release more money to go to small businesses, um, but also to reduce the pain for the, uh, you know, the complexity that's involved with transferring that money uh, and making it available to to other companies so um i think uh you know there's been there's been enough time for kind of reflection to see how it's flowing through and i think you know we, we are we are going to see a li- little bit more progress in kind of what the next stage of apprenticeship reform in the uk looks like laura the open university released some research during national apprenticeship week showing just how important employers see apprenticeships to be in the post-covid recovery just tell us about that yeah, so the Open University um, polled over 600 businesses in England um, in January. In fact, it was the day after the, the lockdown was announced. So that kind of that shock moment where we're all um, thinking, goodness, it's going to be a, a long winter. Um, and But it was actually quite encouraging polling. So we surveyed the businesses who had already got apprentices and... Um, 66% for example said it had they believed that apprenticeships had enabled their organization to bounce back better or more quickly from the economic fallout so that's really encouraging in terms of how apprenticeships can play their part in the economic recovery and actually 70% said that apprenticeships and work-based learning will be vital to their organization's recovery when we asked the very same question last summer only 50% of businesses polled said that so there I think you know, um, with the vaccine coming on programme and obviously now the um, the lockdown um, easing plan, there is that growing confidence in um, work-based learning to help support the economic recovery. And then I think very encouraging, I'd say, 72% of businesses surveyed said that they now plan to hire more apprentices in the next 12 months. And again, that compares to 61% last summer. So businesses starting to think about how apprenticeships can shape the economic recovery. That said, George, I think what's crucial is it really varies in sectors. So 48, only 48% of employers in the um, recreation, entertainment and arts sector said that they would feel comfortable taking on apprentices over the next 12 months. And that massively compares to over 80% in, say, digital mm. IT. 
So there's the hard hitting sectors are going to be the ones that are going to be much slower to recover and it's going to be very tough for them. Well, it's interesting, Laura, because I was going to ask you that apprenticeship starts uh, are down 40% at the moment, according to the latest figures. So how long do you expect that we'll get back to what we were seeing sort of pre-pandemic level? How long will it take to get there? But I suppose, as you just pointed out there, it depends on the sector. Very much depends on the sector. And I think what we need to remember is actually apprenticeship starts at the lower levels. Um, and also for younger apprentices, we're already declining pre-pandemic and because of just a, a change in trends of how employers were using them. So I don't think we're ever going to get back up to pre-pandemic levels unless there is some kind of, as Tim mentioned earlier, big intervention, maybe later in the year with the spending review of supporting SMEs to take on apprentices, because that's that's where it, the um, we need the growth in the economy. That's where it's going to support the level the government's levelling up agenda is supporting those small businesses. And in particular, if you think about hospitality, um, that's lots of small businesses and the, and the arts. So it's it will be a slow um, road to recovery. I think some sectors will recover quicker than others. But as I go back to that OU polling, it's really interesting that those businesses that already have apprentices have said it's really helped them bounce back. So I'm hoping that prospective employers see that and think, actually, here's an idea here, we can take this and Let's let's give um, an apprentice an opportunity. Mm, Tim, look, it's widely reported that tax increases are are likely in the budget. Perhaps not as likely as in the past. Perhaps to deal with this situation, but you know what what impact could they have on on will, the willingness of businesses across sectors uh, to invest in apprentices? I think that the number one. Um, I, I, I think. Tax is a very is, is, is a complex one, um, obviously, and it, I think the government is going to be much better placed than I will be to decide um, where the balance of pain um, uh, needs needs to lie. But undoubtedly, um, we can't have a situation where uh, the, the, the the country tries to borrow its way out of uh, out of out of a recession. Um, I think the things that will make a difference to uh, to companies, particularly when it comes to uh, apprenticeships, are really kind of threefold. Um, the first is around awareness. Um, we still talk to companies who who don't realise that there are relevant apprenticeships in their sector, um, whether that is um, you know the arts or whether it's tech roles. And there's still a perception out there that apprenticeships are um, you know for a certain type of people and in a certain type of career, and that's that's kind of um, that's wrong. And it's kind of it's very it's very easy to change that awareness. And as as kind of Laura points out, actually companies that already employ employ apprentices are you know ready to recruit more of them because they've seen how brilliant they are. Um, it's kind of getting over the hump for the people who are taking that plunge for the first time. So if the first thing is about awareness, the second really is about finances and the cost. Um, finding money uh, to pay for training is is one thing, um, and the government is making it easier to find uh, you know find ways for, for particularly small businesses to cover the cost of training. Levy transfer that I talked about earlier is is, is one of those solutions, um, but there is also public money available uh, to cover the cost for small employers, um, uh, and then the cost of salaries um, fits within that as well. And again, the employer incentives have been kind of an important part of that. I don't think um, the sums that have been made available so far, the kind of one thousand. 500, 2,000 pounds have been enough to fundamentally change the calculation, but they have persuaded a number of companies to look at the look at the calculation itself and, and think, actually, is this a scheme that I should be launching? Um, so a kind of a, a big bang moment um, would involve, uh, you know, making it easier for companies to cover the cost of the salaries of their apprentices. Um, and then the final point, if the first was around awareness, the second is around finance, the third is really around pain. 
um, and how can you re- how can you reduce the uh, logistical challenges um, uh, that, that that companies face when they start an apprenticeship scheme? How do you make it easier to make sure that their employees are productive from the moment they start? Um, some of the admin around logging into digital systems, for example, is often talked about as being quite painful, but actually, I think. You know, most people would say has has improved over the years, um, and I think the government will be looking at all three of those those issues as they as they look to kind of keep apprenticeships growing in the future, um, and really tackle this issue of uh, of declining numbers, particularly for young people. Tim, I do want to ask you quite quite a blunt question: What did you make of the Prime Minister's roadmap out of lockdown? I think it actually struck uh, a good balance. One of the problems with previous announcements is uh, is either over optimism which has then led to people being disappointed um, uh, or kind of excessive pessimism, which has tried to, um, you know, has seen by some people to kind of blame the public uh, for some of the bad things that have been happening around COVID. And I thought um, both in the style of the the delivery and also in the substance, I thought some of those lessons have have been kind of learned. And I actually thought, I, I particularly found myself looking through the graphics that were produced and thinking, Actually, this is a hugely complex area, but it's been presented in a, in a pretty straightforward way. You know, I now know that I can plan in my diary that there is a there is a good chance that um, come the middle of May, I, I will be able to go on holiday um, uh, and I'll be, you know, I may be able to go around the country and see my family in different parts of the UK. Um, and that, you know, it gives me a huge feeling of optimism. Um, but I also know that there's going to be a checkpoint in a couple of weeks time. Um, and if if our recovery from the virus has uh, not had enough, um, you know, has not come along enough in two weeks' time, then I know that my holiday plans will have to be delayed. Um, and that's an infinitely better place to be than where we've been for the last year, which is basically on any given weekend, um, we don't know if the lockdown is going to get better or worse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's impossible to plan for the future. Um, and actually, I, you know, just even just looking at my phone, the WhatsApp groups that I'm on from for kind of stag do's and, and weddings that are coming up are suddenly alive with people who are able to go, actually, you know, our kind of confidence that we're actually going to be able to get married this summer has gone from like 20% to 90%. Um, and that is a pretty, you know, that's an impressive feat for any prime minister to be able to deliver. So, um, you know, I think it's, uh, it's, it's some of the most positive news and most, most you know, well-delivered news that we've had for a long time. I think that's the thing. It's the it's the ability to plan. So if you think what what businesses need and have been crying out for um, is certainty. So obviously we've had the um, Brexit and businesses not knowing what how the negotiations are going to pan out there, and then obviously the uncertainty around the pandemic. What this roadmap gives the country is an you know an understanding of when the, when the different sectors will open and from a business perspective and from an apprentice perspective that's really encouraging because we know then the different sectors and the different businesses are hopefully thinking okay if we're going to open this date then maybe we can start recruiting for this person then um this is what our income is going to be and that ability to plan i think will make a big difference to how people um, think about recruitment of apprentices and it's important that you mention their apprentices themselves as well, because you know hopefully they need they need some encouragement. So you know hopefully these plans will give that encouragement, that confidence about future job prospects. Yeah, I think it's it's hard to tell at the moment which which sectors are going to be affected um, on which timeframes. You, you would have thought, particularly for um, you know very very in person dependent industries like hospitality and the arts. Um, this should be a really a really welcome step, and if you are, you know, running a major institution, you should, you know, you should be able to know with a reasonable degree of confidence that 
actually by the summer and potentially around this date, I'm going to have to open my doors to thousands of people who haven't been able to um, enjoy the arts or enjoy, you know, live live sport or live music for a whole year. Um, and uh, we can anticipate there's going to be quite a high demand for our services and therefore um, making sure that organisations like that are ready to meet that demand, um, you know, with motivated, high-skilled individuals um, uh, is, you know, is, is something they should be able to plan for now. Is it as simple as to say once restrictions are lifted, numbers and interest in apprenticeships will go up? And is there a danger of perhaps complacency or is this something that we need to foster? Absolutely. We need to continue to foster and um, share experience of, of, of the positive impact of apprenticeships because it's not naturally going to happen. You know, those businesses that are kind of coming out, out of hibernation still need those incentives, still need to, to know of the benefit of apprenticeships. Those apprentices themselves or prospective apprentices, when they go to um, perhaps if they're universal credit claimants, if they're reskilling, they need to be told about those opportunities and told that they aren't just in the in the trades. You know, you can do an apprenticeship in policing or nursing. And indeed, you know, we talked about the uncertainty in some sectors. There is a lot of certainty in other sectors. If you think about the public sector, um, that that you can go into those apprenticeships in, you know, as a social worker or police or a nurse. So um, I think it's that awareness. We cannot rest on our laurels that just as the economy um, will slowly pick up, that apprenticeships will pick up just as quickly. We need to keep an eye on the policy. We need to keep an eye on the accompanying announcements around lifelong learning and reskilling to make sure they all complement each other. So the kickstart schemes and the traineeships and the the higher technical qualifications and all these different initiatives that are coming out to support young people into jobs all work together. So that person that's coming out of school or that person that's just been made redundant age 35 knows where to go and has a, a pathway for them to get into an industry that they want to. It feels like the end of lockdown is a, it's, it's a reason for optimism, mm. but it's not a solution in itself. So you largely agree with what... Uh... Laura just said. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, um, uh, you know, you can you can think of um, lockdown and COVID as a kind of uh, you know a, a big weather system um, that's come in, and it looks like it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna leave now um, uh, as the vaccines roll out. But uh, if we look at what's left behind, um, we know there are, there are some really significant challenges to, to youth unemployment, um, to young people who've had their educations disrupted. Um, and actually, that's going to be a really long term challenge. You know, people who've, um, you know, people who are currently children who've missed a year of school or, or had a, a year of studies disrupted or have had to do a year of university where they've spent um, a year cooped up in, in, in rooms rather than actually meeting people or, or joining lectures or, or doing that much learning. Um, and the consequences of that are going last a lot longer than than just uh you know just a vaccine rollout um and that's why it's so important that uh you know the the recovery is matched with us with this suite of measures um which are going to need to be adjusted and and you know and picked up in some cases um to ensure there are schemes and, and solutions in place for individuals thank you so much to tim and to laura and thank you for listening if you want to get in touch to have your say on anything that we've been talking about today you can find the home serve foundation on twitter at hsv underscore foundation just use the hashtag all about apprenticeships and if you've enjoyed this episode please do leave a rating and hit subscribe wherever you found this podcast as it helps other people find us too